Shah Khan found his leadership, but does he have the patience to find a way to make the fans happy about the stadium? We'll talk about all of that stuff here today on Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me, Tony Wiggins, here on the Locked On Podcast Network with Locked On Jaguars. And of course, we appreciate you making us your first listen. Also reminding you that we are free on the YouTube platform on the Locked On Jaguars podcast page. And wherever you get your podcasts on a daily basis, make sure that you tap in so that you do not miss an episode. Shout out to the everydayers, our everydayers. And uh, they know they are. They're people that tune into the podcast every single day, making us your first listen. And any new people that uh, are here for the first time, thank you, too, for being here as well. We're glad to have you. We're going to talk about Shah Khan, the owner, today. We're going to go over. I wanted to just dive right into some of the tweets and stuff and some of the threads or whatever I see and posts that I see that are talking about Shah with this new stadium and I have a serious, serious pet peeve about some of that stuff. And uh, I'll let you guys know exactly what that is. But there's some things that are going around that are being said that make absolutely no sense to me or anyone else that hears them. So we'll try to clear it up a little bit. So you don't have to. You just play this podcast back and uh, everyone will have a chance to understand exactly what, you know, what I'm trying to say and, and and why it makes no absolute no sense. For instance, I'm gonna give you an example. He's worth $12 million, $12 billion. Why didn't he pay for the stadium itself? Okay. If you think that sounds crazy, oh, you just wait. And if it doesn't sound crazy to you, then I'm gonna tell you why it should. All right. But first, we're gonna go over his leadership. Shad Khan found leadership. Some people can say, well, he backed into Trevor because the team was so bad he had the first pick overall. Well, let me give you another situation that happened a few years back when they took this team over, when Shot bought the team and after the first year of keeping uh, Blaine Gabbard and keeping um, the head coach at the time. See, I forgot his name already. Keeping the head coach at, at that time who had only been there for one year then he finally cleaned house and brought in um, Dave Caldwell. And of course he brought in, they went out and got Gus Bradley and Gus Bradley at the time was hot. And what I, I don't mean hot as in mad or angry. I mean, hot as in he was the guy everybody wanted. Philly wanted him. They wanted to interview him because remember, this is the guy that was one of the architects behind the Legion of boom. And they had had a lot of success and Seattle was still riding high. And I think everybody wanted to, emulate Seattle. And we know that because of words like Otto and Leo, if you were around Jacksonville long enough, you heard those words to the point where you didn't want to hear them anymore. Correct. Correct. So what I mean by leadership and what I mean by, if you're going to say, well, he backed into Trevor, well, what about those first years when they took over in 2013, what quarterback could they have backed into in the first round? They took one, which was Blake Bortles in 2014. Turns out he wasn't the answer. Did you want him to take Teddy Bridgewater? What about Johnny Menzel? What about Brandon Whedon? Go back and look at the quarterbacks 
in those first four years that they could have taken. Right. And before you screen Patrick Mahomes, that's the draft where the Jaguars got who did the Jaguars take? I think they took it. Was it Leonard? They had a draft where they took Leonard Fournette, then they had a draft where they took Jalen Ramsey. And or, or they were in they were back and forth. But the thing is, is when they actually had a chance to draft Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, they didn't. And no one thought, in fact, Mitchell Trubisky, who was the first guy picked in that draft, went ahead of both of those guys. So if you look back at the first four years, 13, 14, 15, and probably 16, they did what they were supposed to do. They took a quarterback. He just didn't pan out. And normally you have to take a quarterback for the coach that you decide. It's that the coach doesn't keep his job after four years. If he can't look back and say, well, y'all didn't even try to get me a quarterback. They tried. Think about what the Colts have done lately. The Colts tried. They tried Phillip Rivers. They tried Matt Ryan. They that's that's a very that's a borderline, that's two borderline Hall of Fame guys, right? A former MVP. But guys that rank guys that rank very high in yardage, guys that were a part of offenses, they tried. They lost Andrew Luck. They tried. Now we ain't got no time to be feeling sorry for the Colts. But when you talk about luck. You can't talk, not Andrew Luck, but I'm talking about Luck for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can't just sit here and not give him credit for Trevor Lawrence, but give him grief because there was no Trevor Lawrence all of those years when they picked in the top five. There was no Trevor Lawrence. None. At least in the Doug, the uh, before uh, Doug Marone. Yeah, they messed up by not taking uh, Lamar Jackson, but they had just come off of winning a whole bunch. And they extended their guy. I thought it was a mistake, and you guys know that. But if he had the right leadership in place at that time, they probably would have done something different, but they didn't. So that's the point of this first segment. Then with the coaching, we all know about um, Gus. It didn't work. Then we know about Doug Marone, who he just promoted off of the staff. And then we know we let Doug hang around a little bit longer because Tom Coughlin came in and he had a history with Doug Marone. They had a little bit of success. And then all of those things that happened, happened. And guess what? They realized they needed to make another change. And he actually made the right decision. It was almost Byron Leftwich. I don't know how that would have turned out. And I'm not going to sit here just because Byron got fired down in Tampa. I thought that was a disservice. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, we see how that would have worked. But I will say this. We know how it worked with Doug Peterson because it worked so well with Doug Peterson. We can look back now and say they did the right thing. They absolutely did the right thing. And I don't think anybody out there is unhappy with it. Now, for the GM, I wanted them to start fresh. I didn't want Trent Baalke to be here. I wanted them to start fresh. I didn't want them to keep anything from the past. The fans obviously obviously didn't want it because as things got bad, they put the clown emojis all over social media and put clown suits on and went to the stadium. It's a good thing that Shaw didn't listen, at least at that point. It's a good thing he didn't listen because Trent Baalke has redeemed himself. Anderson has shown that Philly did fire him prematurely, even though Philly's right back in the mix with a new coach. Things happen for a reason. I don't care if it's luck or luck is when opportunity meets preparation. There wouldn't have been no opportunity to hire Doug Peterson and draft Trevor Lawrence if they would have been stubborn. Somebody out there is going to say, well, you got to give Frank Gore credit in the New York Jets. 
that's their problem. I, I ain't worried about that. They want to they want to win games when they should have been losing them. That's on them. Houston did the same thing last year, so it does that really doesn't matter to me at all because the, the Jaguars actually could have not, you know, put the gas on you know put the put the gas down to the floor too sometimes when they won. But I've had that discussion in the past, like how do you turn it on and off, right? When you tell guys to go out and give it everything, you tell them to play for everything. But then you go out there and you take the, the, you know, you put your foot on the brake. That just doesn't jive for me. And I have no understanding of how it is for guys who get hit and get punched in the face and get punched in the mouth and have a car wreck every play. I don't know how it is for those guys to turn it off. So my point is, is you got to give Sean Khan credit because he's found the right leadership. Say what you want to say about him. He has always delegated authority. He signed free agents. Sometimes he delegated too much authority and did not have his finger on the pulse of the team the way people thought he should, even though he we hear rumors that he got reports every single day. But now it's a little bit differently. Did I just say now it's a little differently? It's now it's a little different, okay? And what he does now is I think he is a little bit more hands-on because I think when things start to be successful, you get closer to the guys that are doing it and you find out what's going on and what's making it work without interrupting it. When things aren't going well, you kind of steer clear, let a guy, hey, man, do your thing. Do you think I got to give you the room? So now that everything's going well, I see and understand why Shad Khan, and I'm going to give him his flowers, he finally got the leadership. How many organizations have players that are pretty good, but they don't have a quarterback? And then you say they finally got a quarterback. So, yeah, all of these things work together. And so far, so good with Shad Khan. Now, some He needed some goodwill. He needed some things to happen to get the fan base to have more confidence in him. And I also think he's going to need a little bit of that to get this stadium deal done. And I think it's going to get done. But I'm going to tell you all about that. Some ridiculous things that I've heard about stadium costs. I'll do all of that stuff here in just a second on Locked on Jaguars. As I tell you about today's sponsor, which is FanDuel. You need to take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times. Your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. 10 times that $20 bet. Whether you win or lose, make sure you tap in to FanDuel and take advantage of getting $200 back of bonus bets. That's right. Just 20 bucks and that'll happen. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I do use it all the time. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. And that is very very important if you want to know the over under on home runs if you want to know the era of certain pitches before the action starts make sure you check uh, tap into FanDuel, check in and they'll give you the information because there's no better place to bet on major league baseball than FanDuel, america's number one so please sign up today at and visit FanDuel for slash locked on that's right, FanDuel slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. FanDuel forward slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, man, we're running it down here on Locked On Jaguars, talking about Shy Khan, talking about his leadership, the fact that they found the right people. And we're going to tie this in to segment three because the fact that he's found the right people, I believe, is going to lead to them having so much success that what we're about to talk about now would be a non-factor and a non-issue. It's hard to convince a community to give up $1 billion of taxpayers' money and incentives on a product that hasn't been very good. And one year, 
one year isn't enough. It's not sustained long enough for people to realize that, hey, maybe we ought to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Eventually, people will hear you and their optimism will be cool, but they need to see results. Now, I'm not telling you that team success should have anything to do with business decisions that are made about the stadium. But I'm also telling you I'm not naive to believe that they're not good enough, right? I also am not telling you that everybody cares enough about football to want to give up a billion dollars of money. Apparently, the deal that the Jaguars have have uh, presented or have come up with through all of their research calls for like $2.1 billion, and half of that, Sean Khan will pay himself. The other half, he's looking for uh, incentives and tax breaks and public funds, right, for it. So you're getting a lot of people that object to that, that don't know really how to read the room and don't know how all of these economics affect the NFL and other NFL cities. Somebody sent me an article, and I believe it. I ain't going to tell you who wrote it, who wrote it or whatever, but they sounded like they had their research right. They say building new stadiums, never the, the, the cities never get the payoff. The taxpayers never really make the money back. I get that. So if the taxpayers are never going to really make that $1 billion back. You say, why do it? Because if you want this team to stay, you do it. If you don't want them to stay, you don't. The taxpayers themselves may not get the money back to that. And I don't know if it's true, but I'm just saying if it's true. But there are a lot of people that are going to make a lot of money who happen to be taxpayers that their business will benefit. And it's not just Shy Kind, but it's a, there's a lot of people whose businesses will benefit from this. It's also an entertainment thing. It's a quality of life thing. It's a thing that where it draws other interests and other business to this area that you don't normally expect or that you really can't compute that factor into this decision. But even without all of that, when in Rome, do what the Romans do. First of all, the research that they did about people not getting the city or the taxpayers not ever getting their comeuppance from a financial standpoint from a new stadium being built that they funded, they had to get that research from somewhere. You know where they got that research from? Cities that have teams that rebuilt stadiums that kept their NFL teams. The teams that did not do it lost their teams. And they probably wish they had them back. They probably wish they had them back. Look, if you're not a football fan, but you have an interest in where the finances of this city goes, bless you. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you because I know there's a lot of good programs and a lot of good things you can find. Uh, that you can do a lot of a lot of good with right and i encourage everyone to still press forward and press as many lines as you can to do that this however won't be the money that you do that with is because this money is earmarked towards something else that's a big business item those items don't necessarily have the payoff from a business perspective so if you use that money on something else are you ever going to retrieve it or get it back no, nine times you won't. And some people might believe that sports or the viability of having a team that you may be attached to one way or another, whether it's through the media, whether it's through advertising, whatever you sell, whatever kind of commerce that comes in, whatever. Some people believe that that's just as important for their viability as it is for a program. And I, you know, I'm not going to argue with folks, but all I'm saying is this. If 
that those programs need help and those people need help, which they obviously do. And there's other things that you can do with the money that you might think are more tangible and, and things that you believe are, are, are more important than sports. Like I say, bless you. And, and we need to all keep pushing towards those things. But all I'm telling you is this, if they don't do this with the stadium, it doesn't mean that they're going to do those things you want either. So just because one thing doesn't get done doesn't mean those other things are going to get done. And just because one thing does get done doesn't mean there's not room for us to still do those other things that need to be done. The bottom line is we want to be an NFL city. Those of us who care about football, those of us who, who, who care about commerce and, and money moving and, and the city becoming not just the stadium, but the area around it that I believe will make a ton of money, Right. If everybody gets on board with that, I believe at some point people will see the value in all of this. But I do believe that the, the, one of the reasons why this is this way is because of lack of confidence with the team that you'll ever feel that jubilation that comes along with winning. I think those days are getting closer and closer to not being around. So in segment three, we're going to talk about what success will bring. Maybe it'll calm some of the, some of the natives. Maybe the folks that are pressing for this money to be spent somewhere else, maybe rightfully so in their in their mind. Maybe this never will calm them down, but it'll it'll form winning will make a, a little bit of an elixir. It's like we're not pouring water into a glass that has a hole in the bottom of it. Like nobody wants to spend a bunch of money to feel angry every Saturday, Sunday night or Monday morning. And that's why I always talk about messaging. And I'm gonna touch on this really, really fast. Messaging and demeanor and how you distribute information is extremely important because you can't be smug about this to people that actually care about fiscal responsibility nor can you go use it or lose it like use the money or lose the team you can't people that really care you can't do that the easiest way to talk to people is to put a, a product on the field and like i said i'm not a, necessarily attaching needing a new stadium to having a successful franchise because franchises go up and down and was a successful franchise today might be successful next week. Not really like that, but you know what I mean? In, in a decade, it, it goes up and down. All of them do. The Patriots did it. Tampa's done it. Cowboys have, have done it. Every organization does it. The city will own the stadium, not the Jaguars. And for those that say he ought to use his own money because he's worth, and that's what I'm going to address a little bit in segment three when we come back. Or, well, we ain't going nowhere, but when we start segment three, that's one of the things I'm going to address, and I'm going to end that right now. I'm going to end that foolishness real quick. Why don't he use his money? On a, on a stadium that's going to be owned by the city, you want him to use his money? For what? One, the NFL won't allow it because it sets a precedence. And why you say, well, why does the NFL have a say? The NFL is not Roger Goodell. The NFL are the 32 owners that pay Roger Goodell to be the checks and balances commissioner. Those guys will say, why did you do that? Because now you set a precedence and every city is going to want all of us to do it. As long as there are cities out there that will pay the price of whatever it is for that mark to be, you know, for this team to come somewhere else or, or a team to relocate, the Jaguars will all has, always have leverage. So either you want the team or you don't. Talk to you about all that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. 
You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily. All right, running it down. Let's give a quick recap, and then we'll finish up with some stuff here in segment three. Shah Khan has found his leadership. I think that helps. That helps with messaging. I think it helps with success. I think the conversations get nicer when you have the right people in place because now you know you can start building towards something. Stadium costs, the divide between people who love football, uh, who don't care about fiscal responsibility, those who care about fiscal responsibility and love football, those who don't care one way or another but just want to know where the money's going, and then those people that want to use taxpayer money somewhere else as opposed to a stadium. Stadium costs. For a guy who's not going to own anything for him to give up a billion dollars, that means you know he must be, he, he thinks he's going to make a whole bunch of money around it even if he recoups that billion he's going to make way more money than that you're probably right because he's a businessman so why should the city do it why shouldn't he foot the bill one the city owns the land two they're going to own the actual stadium that is rebuilt or built or however you want to look at it if somebody else owned a lot would you um without leasing it and paying it off over time would you build your house on a lot knowing that they can repo it anytime they get ready. No, you wouldn't do that. For those people that are doing all this pocket watch and saying he's worth $12 billion, why doesn't he do it himself? Well, I may have an answer for you. It's because the Jacksonville Jaguars are a standalone entity. They are not his entire portfolio. And if you run businesses, that's like saying somebody owes you money, but they don't have to pay you because somebody else owed you and they paid you. Doesn't make sense. Both of them owe you. It, that business is a standalone entity. That happens to be a part of his portfolio. He shouldn't go because he owns the bumper company and say, well, we can lose money and we can do whatever with the Jaguars because I'll take this money from the bumper company or Fulham, the soccer team that he owns. Well, I make money, I make money hand over a barrel with Fulham. No. The fact that you have different entities and different enterprises as a part of your entire portfolio, you want them all to independently make money on their on by themselves. And generally, when I see that, and it's nothing to knock against, it's not a knock against people that they've never run a business or been financially successful. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not, not a billion. I'm not even a millionaire. But what I do know is when you have things that have their own identity that have to stand on their own and you're combining them, you can't have one of those legs being your constant weakness and you can't keep funneling cash into it from the other places. If you do that, you get rid of it. And team valuation, folks love to bring up the fact that the team is worth $3 billion, but when he bought it, it was worth three quarters of a billion. Valuation is fine, but valuation, there is no bank account for valuation. You, you don't have a lot of tangible money because you're not spending. That's the value. That's it's like your house. If you've been in your house 20 years and you bought your house for $300,000 and you got $275,000 in equity in it, that doesn't mean you have $275,000 sitting around it you can spend and access. That means if you borrow money on that $275,000, and if you refinance it, you're going to pay closing costs. So you ain't getting that much anyway. That's what I'm saying. 
And I know so there's somebody out there that's talking about a HELOC. I, I, I know all that stuff, but I'm not trying to get too technical. I'm just trying to, in elementary terms, tell people why it makes no sense to count his money from other businesses or count his valuation to say what he can and can't afford. It's not about that. It's about he didn't become a he didn't become a good businessman by making bad business moves. The bottom line is this. As long as there are other teams and other cities that are willing to pay for a team to move there that will give in to every concession that they want, that is something that you have to consider here in Jacksonville to decide whether or not we want this team or not. It's not going to be a great deal for anybody. The only thing that will make this blow over a little bit and will quiet some people down, and everybody should have a right to talk about what they want to talk about, if they're successful. So what will success bring? I think success will bring calm in the natives that are restless. I think the people that spend their hard-earned money going to the game and following the team around the country on airplanes, buying paraphernalia, I think they'll feel better about their disposable coin going to something that's giving them joy as opposed to going to something that's giving them grief. Success will bring credibility that we're going to help you run your, we're going to help pay for something that helps you with your organization. And you're going to actually be able to run it to the point where it's successful by delegating authority to the right people, not named Urban Meyer and not named Doug Marone and not named those people like that. And Gus Bradley, you're going to put it in the hands of the right people, which I believe he has, that are going to keep him on track and head towards winning. Will it totally make people understand? No. Will you be off the hook? No. Is there going to be a guarantee that you'll stay here for another two decades? Probably. That's probably one of the stipulations. Should be. If he's given a billion dollars of his own money up to make the deal happen, why would he leave? Doesn't make sense at all of course unless somebody else pays a whole bunch of money to come and it was money well spent. but i don't think that's what's going to happen and i think you hold people at their word until they break it and so far Shah khan has not broken his word and i don't think that's going to start now hopefully you'll start uh tapping in if you are not an everyday every single day right here on locked on jaguars we're glad to have you and make you an everyday and if you are an everyday stay tuned stick around because training camp is getting closer and we're going to be giving you more and more information as we get closer to it. Until then, you guys take care of each other. Please make sure you check out your next watch, and that is Locked on NFL. Until next time, I'm Tony Wiggins. You are Locked on